When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this episode on a Monday of the Giant Take Podcast. This Monday edition is brought to you by us because we decided that we were going to not do our free agents keep or go list last week. We're going to do it today and hopefully get you two episodes this week. We might be mixing it around a little bit, talking Senior Bowl as well later in the week. We'll have to see uh, how it goes. But for right now, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Alex. My name is Josh, by the way, if you're new. Alex, how are you doing before we get into all the the news and the the free agent talk? I'm doing well. Yeah, a little schedule mix up there, but uh, we're still rolling through. Don't worry. Um, You know, I'm doing well. I'm excited, I guess, for the week, uh, for Senior Bowl week that's coming up. But um, yeah, I mean, Mondays suck, and I think everyone feels that way. So uh, even though I only, I basically have nothing on Mondays, but it is what it is. They still suck, no matter what, is what I found out. You can have them off. You can have the busiest day ever. Mondays always suck. Well, at least what we can talk about on Monday is the New York Giants, So that's what we're going to do right now with a little bit of news that we have before we go into all of the upcoming New York Giants free agents. And that's right, every single one, even the ones that you might not even know are free agents because they didn't do a lot for this team. Uh, but we still are going to mention them very briefly, at least in that regard. But first, the Ravens defensive backs coach Denard Wilson is interviewing for the Giants defensive coordinator job. That wasn't just with the Giants, though. He's also going to interview with the Rams and Titans along with New York. It's a second defensive coordinator interview with the Giants, by the way. And they've also interviewed Chiefs linebackers coach Brandon Daly for their D.C. job. Daly has been a part of five Super Bowl championships with the Patriots and the Chiefs, obviously now going to be heading to another Super Bowl with Kansas City, and I don't know if we're going to talk about that later in the episode, but um, Super Bowl picks is going to be probably in our in our episode later this week, so 
we can wait for that. But at least for right now in the conference championship after the weekend recap just before we had to uh, the keeper go stuff uh, on this episode. I guess, Alex, your well, first of all, your thoughts on any of these coaching interviews doesn't matter to you at all. I mean, I like Denard Wilson for sure. I think he's probably my 1A, 1B at this point. I, I still like um, Jerome Henderson for the Giants in terms of just an internal uh, promotion there, but uh, I think the next best, best thing, I should say, that's still on the market uh, is Denard Wilson. So I'm excited if they could potentially do that. Obviously didn't have a great day uh, against the Chiefs wide receivers in the conference championship, but uh, still a very good coach and I think someone who's long overdue for a DC job and uh, you know, definitely has head coach potential as well. So I think he's a, a solid addition if the Giants could bring him in. And obviously a second inter- uh, interview indicates their interest in him. And then just real quick, I guess, touch on now conference championship uh, play that was yesterday. The 49ers defeated the Lions on a nail-biting 34-31 to win. Brock Purdy and the boys are going to the big game once again, along with George Kittle, who said uh, they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie, but the 49ers were able to come back and defeat the Lions, which is ending or ended their miracle run. I was pretty upset about that. And then I was upset about both games because the Ravens ended up losing to the Chiefs, and the one guy that was going to stop the Taylor Swift Super Bowl was Travis Kelsey, uh, and his fun continues, but that guy was going to be Lamar Jackson, and himself and uh, his Ravens receivers on the other side uh, were un- unsuccessful. Why throw into triple coverage in an end zone uh, play? I don't know. That's what Lamar Jackson decided to do. It cost his team the end of things, and now they are walking home once again. Um, that sucked, man. That was really that was really poor. The fumble inside the red zone, inside the end zone, practically. It, it was it was a very unfortunate loss for uh, the Ravens, but. It's something we've seen before, and we're going to see it again. The 49ers in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl versing each other. Still going to root for the NFC team and the 49ers. Don't need to see uh, the uh, Chiefs win again, but we'll see a lot of Taylor Swift, and um, that'll definitely be that'll definitely be a, uh, a factor because when Travis Kelsey has her in the stands, he's unstoppable apparently. In this game against the Ravens, he was the leading receiver with 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Alex, any any um, reactions to championship weekend? Championship Sunday, um, I should say. I was very shocked that the Ravens came out and had such a poor display in all disciplines, pretty much. Um, that was not something I expected. Uh, you know, I could have saw maybe the receivers letting Lamar down or Lamar letting the receivers down or the offense maybe not being the best, but... You know, kind of the whole package, just not playing up to scratch, uh, was not something that I uh, anticipated from the Ravens. And uh, I thought the 49ers were going to beat the Lions, so I'm not surprised about that. But uh, the fact that the Lions had such a big lead and Dan Campbell kind of, I guess, you know, sticking with his philosophy, which I do respect, but your philosophy has to change in the playoffs to be completely respectful to him. Uh, You cannot just go crazy. Um, you know, going for fourth and threes all over the place, especially uh, when you already have a two-score lead and you can make it a three-score lead. And, you know, when you make it a three-score lead halfway through the third quarter, um, barring any miracles, the game, if you can control it properly, is pretty much done. And the fact that you don't take a chip shot field goal uh, on fourth and three or 
on fourth and two or whatever it may be. Um, you know, just not not good enough. You know, analytics change in the playoffs too. So, uh, you know, everything has to be taken into account. And I was just disappointed that he didn't adjust. Um, not that I expected him to, but I guess in my mind, in my heart, I was like, okay, he's going to have to. Like, there's no way he can stick this out. But of course he does. And then the Lions don't convert, which they usually do. So, um, you know, credit to them as well. Uh, or to the 49ers defense for stopping that. But especially when momentum is not going your way, Josh, like you got to adjust. Uh, when momentum is not going your way, every point is valuable. Three points are especially valuable uh, in the playoffs. So you've got to change your philosophy then. And I'm sure Dan Campbell, you know what? I'm not going to say he's definitely learned from it um, because I just don't think he's that type of coach. So we'll see uh, what they do going forward. But it's definitely, a, I think, a cap on their ceiling. Uh, with Dan Campbell being almost inflexible to adjust at times, especially during the playoffs. All right, well, that's enough NFL playoffs talk. We did it here. That's all you're going to get because what you're going to get right now is just a quick ad break. Yes, I know early in this episode compared to later, but we want you to get that straight listening experience all the way through of what we have with our Giants Keeper Go Free Agents, and I'll talk and explain a little bit more about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Giant Take Podcast. Okay, I promised you that I was going to explain it, so I'm going to explain it right now. New York Giants keep or go free agents. It's pretty simple. I think we've done it in years past. Or actually, I know we've done it in years past. We're going to go through all of the New York Giants upcoming 2024 free agents, and we're just going to talk about personally, in our opinion, Josh has his, which is me. I don't know why I spoke of myself in third person. Alex has his as well. We're going to say keep like we want to keep them for next season or go. And uh, Alex, according to Track over the cap, their market value in quotes of how much we think they would be worth uh, per year. All right, Alex, are you ready to get things going? I'm ready to go. Um, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of players, I should say. And we're going to run through it. I feel confident we're going to be able beat. to go through it. <laughs> Um, and what I did when I ordered these, I ordered them from offense to defense in a normal roster-like depth chart uh, type of positions um, ranked. You'll understand what I'm saying when we go through it. I don't know why I made that sound way more confusing than it actually is. But we're first going to start out with the quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. His market value right now is 3.5 mil or 3.3 mil. I think it's closer actually to 3.5 million because he's a quarterback, so he's going to want to get paid more. Uh, I'm going to say keep Tyrod Taylor. I think is a good thing for the Giants to have a good backup quarterback, especially if whatever happens with Daniel Jones next season. I know he's starting, but and does an injury happen? Does he play poorly? I know we might sign a quarterback in free agency. We might draft a quarterback, but just from what I'm getting and what I feel right now is that Joe Shane is not drafting a quarterback in the first round. It'll be in the later rounds of the draft, so it won't be someone who he really are going to have sliding in over Tyrod Taylor if, God forbid, Daniel Jones gets injured again or plays super poorly throughout the season. So I say keep Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to go with go. Uh, I think the Giants, obviously, I'm going to go with go. I think the Giants at this point, you know, they have Tommy DeVito. I'm not sure if he's a backup caliber quarterback. The Giants are going to need to draft a quarterback. Daniel Jones is going to be on the books. You don't need a fourth quarterback. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, he's been a really good servant for the Giants, and I also think he's going to want to look for an opportunity elsewhere uh, where he can, again, fight for a starting role. And I'm just not sure that the Giants really have the faith in him that I think some other teams would. Um, and for that reason, I think it would be a mutual 
um, decision for both of them to go their separate ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, three and a half, the price isn't the thing. It's more the, uh, the, the concept and uh, what he brings to the team at this moment and the team needing to get younger at the QB position. Um, I guess I'll transition to the next one here. Saquon Barkley. He plays like he's one. young, though. Sorry. This is true. He, he does. He does. The big one, Saquon Barkley. Um, Spot Track has him at around $10 million market value APY. Um, I don't think that's exactly what he would get, but um, hypothetically, hopefully he gets around that range. You can't get rid of Saquon Barkley. He's literally this entire offense, I think, at this point. He has so much leverage, um, especially for that price. I think if he asks for $12 million or more, you let him walk. But uh, if you can get him for $10, $11 million, maybe $20 million guaranteed over a four-year deal, whatever it's going to be. I mean, I'm not super thrilled about paying a running back, but in the current situation of the Giants, I think that they almost don't have a choice, uh, to be completely honest, unless they, of course, fully tank, which I don't think they're prepared to do. So I'm going to go with keep Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I also have keep Saquon, Alex. And, and honestly, you say, I don't know if we'll be able to get that amount of money. I'm sure he'll be asking for more than $10 million, but we'll have to see what Saquon Barkley ends up doing. I think even though we're doing this whole exercise, the franchise tag will still be a key play for the New York Giants at the end of the day. But it is what it is. We move on to the next running back here. So again, both of us uh, have us keeping Saquon Barkley just to you know let everyone know if, if that gets brought up later in time. Running back Matt Breida, $1.2 million is right now what uh, the range is around, maybe a million dollars in the market value, something like One that. Point, I just want to interrupt, Josh. $1.2 million, whenever that's in there, that's basically the vet minimum. So uh, yeah. whatever, and I, whatever. I think it, yeah. oh, that is the vet minimum. Yeah, so it's oh, basically. Oh, so we can't get paid it, well, more than, uh, less than that. I mean. Well, okay. it, it depends, right? There's different rules in terms of salaries and stuff. So it could go as low as like 980K or 1 mil, or it could even be up to 1.2. But spot track, basically, when they put 1.2 mil, it's the vet minimum. So, all right. Just to inform everyone. No, yeah, no, that's, that's a good, that's a good inform. That's a good in, uh, information. Uh, in, in, included information by you, Alex. Let me uh, let me just keep go. talking about Matt Breida. Okay, I'm gonna have him go. So that that's pretty simple there. Uh, he he doesn't really contribute much as the backup running back for the New York Giants. I think they can seek to find a better one, whether that's in free agency or whether that's in the draft itself. They have a good amount of draft picks this year, a good amount of draft picks within the first half of the NFL draft in 2024. So I feel like you can find a better option out there, and for a cheaper price, especially if you draft a running back, because you won't have to really pay them you know, more than a lot of money and it's for, you know, their first uh, few years in the league. Yeah, I'm going to, I kind of disagree with you. I think Matt Breida has been a really important part of this team. I think he probably brings more value than most fans see, uh, you know, on the field in terms of what he can do off the field in that running back room with his experience. Uh, he's made some key plays, especially on late downs, third and fourth down for the Giants uh, when Saquon Barkley's been out. I think for a vet minimum deal, you bring him back, hopefully non-guaranteed mostly. Uh, bring him back at least for camp. I think it's a valuable, um, you know, proposition. I think Matt Breida, I would keep him. So that's my thoughts on that. And then Paris Campbell moving on to the receivers. Spot track has him at three and a half million, which I think is very high. Uh, I don't think that's what he would get, but no matter what, um, pretty much I would want to see him go. Um, he just didn't really contribute much. Very disappointing player for the Giants this past season. I was just going to say it doesn't even matter because he is going. I mean, that that was confirmed already really by Joe Shane at the press conference. But 
we did say that we we're doing everyone, so he needed to be mentioned. He won't be on the team next year. Um, and same thing with this guy right here, Sterling Shepard, $1.2 He's also not going to be on the Giants next year, but just another player we had to put on this list. We both say go. Alex, I'm sorry I'm speaking for you, but it, it's just easier to just move on to the next guy, which is Gunnar Olszewski, the special teams player the Giants signed this season to be our punt and kick returner. He's valued at $1.2 million. Alex, let's have some fun. We're going to keep him. He had our he had our punt return of the year over here. Uh, the, Alex is being a hater. He doesn't like special teams. He thinks that uh, ever since Tommy McGahee is gone, we don't have any respect in the special teams locker room, but I believe we do, and I think Olszewski can bring that. I say keep the guy. Keep Gunner around. It's a great name. Probably a great presence, too. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm making things up at this point. Keep Gunnar Olszewski. So Josh thinks he knows Gunner and they're besties, and he knows that he's a great personality and great influence in the locker room. I'm not so sure about all that, but all I can tell you is that I think he's been a solid returner for the Giants, but I think the Giants could do even better at that position. Ooh. And, um I would just move on, to be completely honest. He was a good servant for the Giants. I'm sure he'll find, or for the Giants, we're not a giant. Um, I'm sure he'll find another job elsewhere, but some of these players, we just need to move on, man. And I um, I think Gunnar Oshevsky is just, it's just kind of a reminder of a poor season that we had in terms of the punt return uh, woes and all that. So I, I, I just want to move on, get a proper punt returner who actually, besides catching the ball, can also do something with the ball. I'm not counting the one return for a touchdown, Josh. I don't know how that happened. He ran at literally a snail's pace. Well, you could be right, too, because Gobriel might want to have kind of put his own spit on things, too, and McGahee could just, you know, that could have been like, oh, that's a prior regime's running returns guy, and I want my own. So yeah. he might go out and, and tell uh, Joe Shane or Brian Dable and be like, hey, listen, I want to get my own returner. So that could definitely be yeah. the case. That's fair. Anyway, we're not going to talk more about uh, Gunner. Moving on now to the offensive line. Uh, we've got Matt Parrott. Uh, Spot Track has him at a vet minimum deal. Josh, again, I'm not going to waste both of our time. Uh, he is terrible. We both have him uh, leaving the Giants this offseason. <laughs> oh, oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't guard... even start over uh, a guard in Josh Azudu, so he needs to go. And Josh Azudu, I mean, like, he's not on this list. Was not can... good at tackle. Right. Hey, that's, that's where I was getting at. Yeah, he's not that good either. Uh, guard Ben Bredesen, he's valued at $2.4 million. I think that's honestly pretty beneficial to the New York Giants if they're able to get him anywhere around that price. We both say keep him. Ben Bredesen, when coming in from, I believe, the Baltimore Ravens when they got him a few years ago, it was, wasn't he in that trade with uh, Kevin Zeitler, if I'm not mistaken? He was not. He was, no, it was a it was separate, separate transaction, I believe. Uh, Dave Gettleman, he traded. We were in that point where we were desperate for O-line help. I believe he traded a fifth and a seventh rounder or a fourth and a sixth rounder, uh, something well, like I that. I feel like for he ben was Bredesen. involved with ben, with uh, Kevin Zeitler. I don't know why. But Kevin Zeitler was a direct trade, I believe, just to the Ravens because that was a salary cap dump at that point. It was or was a, it to the Browns? Were those no, the out? Browns. Uh, no, we got Kevin Zeitler from the Browns. Okay. In exchange for a 2022 fourth-round draft choice, the Giants acquired Bredesen, a 2022 second round selection, and a 2027 seventh round selection. Okay, so anyway, after the trade, I wanted to say, in that first season with the Giants, he did pretty average. I mean, he was okay. I feel like he's been improving ever since he's been with the team, and that's why I say we should keep him. That's where I was getting at. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we should keep him. If you can get him on maybe a two-year, $8 million deal, whatever it may be, 
I think that would be a valuable thing for the Giants. I also think he looks a lot better than he probably actually is because the Giants are so bad on that interior. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind as well. But I mean, as we need to bring back someone, uh, and I think as the only person that I really think is valuable to come back from this interior, uh, we'll bring back Ben Bredesen. Um, next, moving on, Shane Lemieux. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. Obviously had some potential, vet minimum, a projected salary, but um, always injured, never healthy, uh, hasn't been that great when healthy. Uh, he needs to go. Josh agrees with me on that. Um, and I'll let Josh uh, go in off the couch uh, with Justin Pugh. Josh, I mean, this guy, he definitely had an interesting season, but do you think we should keep him around? I just made a live update on my the outline. Right, you know uh, what? I'm gonna some... I'm gonna expose you real quick. No, no, no. I was okay. What is it? You go up. No, I was. I mean, I know what you're about to say. For some reason, I I mistakenly typed keep. I don't know why. I mean, maybe I was gonna. Maybe there was a point that when I did this list a couple of days ago, because it was a couple of days ago that I put my answers in here. Maybe I would meant I was gonna like have a point to that. Like, oh, keep him, but keep him around as like a coach or something. Uh, I I don't know why I had I had keep. I I want him to go. I mean, yeah, there's a couple that, of these linemen coming up that you uh, are going to keep in quotation mark that I am just very confused by. But we'll touch on that. Oh, when yeah. You get what to is it. going? I'm yeah, I think you might have been losing your mind when you did. I this. think I was like just typing people that I didn't mean to just keep going. We're going to I think we can just run through these. Right. So Justin Pugh, we both say go. I mean, I would keep him as a coach, though. Uh, why Davis go? Vet minimum, same thing, market value-wise. Sean Harlow, again, another guy that he didn't really even play, and I had to keep there. I I don't know why. Uh, go as well. We both say go. I think Josh has some emotional I'm just attachments confusing, to some of I'm these just guys. confusing the listeners at this point. So it's go for Justin Pugh, Wyatt Davis, and Sean Harlow for all three of us. Tyree Phillips. The ta- uh, the tackle is a little bit different, though. $3 million is his value. And Alex says keep. I say go here. I think we should keep Tyree Phillips. He's a adequate low-end starting tackle, I think, at this point in this league. Uh, he came back from the Eagles, and he looked a lot better. Um, he, I mean, has outplayed Evan Neal. Evan Neal was a big question mark for next year. We need a swing tackle for sure in addition to Tyree Phillips, but I think if you can bring him back for a reasonable price, I'm not sure uh, what his value is going to be. I think it varies from team to team, so obviously it needs to be the right price, but He's been a good addition for the Giants this season. He's offered solid, stable tackle play, so I'm all in favor of keeping him, but I do understand why some might want a fresh uh, person at that spot, especially if you're looking for more of a higher-end starter or whatever it may be to kind of push Evan Neal or kind of overtake Evan Neal, whatever you uh, kind of want in terms of looking at the Giants. Um, Josh, do you want to touch on him or you want to just move on? I mean, well, listen, Alex, I won't be upset if they keep him. I'm going to say that, but I just think to free up some money by letting Tyree Phillips go, we can look towards the draft again for another top tackle in this league, and I think it's going to be a point of attack for Joe Shane and the Giants front office during this draft to upgrade at the offensive line position, whether that is guards or tackles. So I think they will get a tackle early in this draft. That's my hope, at least. And let's talk about another offensive lineman, center, J.C. Austinauer. Uh, 1.2 mil market value, so the veteran market value. And uh, the reason I have keep for him is because he had that tricep injury earlier in the season. It kept him out the entire season. We're going to need depth at the center position. So why not keep him? It's a vet minimum, and I we have to just see what he brings. We don't really even know what he brings right now, and he probably won't even play that much if we do bring him back because he'll be a backup to JMS. But 
Um, we haven't we haven't even seen him at all, and he just had an injury that kept him out the entire year. So if we can bring him back for little to no money, and and one point two million dollars is a lot of money, but in the NFL standards, it isn't. Um, that's why I say keep. I can understand that. I don't know. I just don't really want to keep him around. I don't really have an explanation for it. It's just like kind of a bad memory, bad taste in my mind of this offensive line, new O line coach. I want some fresh bodies in there uh, on the O line, especially depth pieces. Uh, besides Tyree Phillips, of course, that's very contradictory now. But um, whatever, it is what it is. But yeah, I could. I wouldn't be upset if they kept him. Moving to the defense now. Uh, we're starting with Isaiah Simmons, who's probably one of the bigger guys on the defense that we're going to talk about besides the main one. Uh, he's valued at around $5 million per year, but I've seen ranges. I was looking on other websites. Some valued him at 10, uh, some valued him at 8, whatever it may be. Some valued him at like $2 million. So there's a big range of what he could possibly get. Assuming a reasonable price, I'm willing to keep him because I think there's a lot of potential about what you can kind of scheme up with him in terms of could he potentially even be an edge kind of guy uh, instead of a, a linebacker. I think that's possible um, or an interior guy, I should say. So I think there's a lot of potential with him. So if you can kind of keep him in the building for a reasonable price, I would like that. So that's my view on him. I would keep him if you can. Yeah, I agree. Let's keep Isaiah Simmons with the team. It was a great trade earlier in the season. He contributed a lot to this Giants team, and I hope they – Keep him around for here on out. Another guy that I hope the Giants keep that I didn't think I would say that come uh, earlier in the season. That's another player who is ranged at $5 million in the market value defensive end, Ashawn Robinson. Uh, Alex agrees with me that we should keep him. I think he had you know pretty consistent play this year. Do you have anything else to contribute besides chugging some more water along the way? I, I'm a thirsty guy, Josh. Um what I'll I'll say, Ashawn Robinson. I mean, he was very impactful in the run game. He definitely came on later in the season, but um, I think he's going to want a longer term deal than the Giants are going to be willing to give him. So I don't think he's going to stay around personally. But uh, if we could keep him around for around that five million mark, maybe another one year deal or a two year deal, whatever it may be, uh, not super long term and not super uh, heavy on that guaranteed money, I would be happy to keep him around. And then another guy, older end defensive lineman but more on the edge. Uh, Jihad Ward, $3 million is his estimate. Obviously, was on a vet minimum this past season. Had the best season of his career statistically. Um, he's very important for this locker room. Uh, obviously, more wing connections as well for Jihad Ward, so I'd be a little bit surprised if he uh, definitely wants to stay. Maybe he likes the culture. Who knows? Whatever it may be. I think it depends on the defensive coordinator as well, um, but I would hope to keep him. I think he's a valuable guy. Uh, in terms of the run game, uh, in terms of kind of the team culture on defense as well. So I'd keep him. Yeah, and I mean, I think he what he set his own career high for sacks this year. Jihad Ward had a very good season. Uh, for yeah, the he had I a think. career year statistically. An, under, an underrated uh, season, I think. When you look at all the Giants defensive players, Jihad Ward isn't someone that for casual Giants fans, you could say, like, stands out on that sheet. Like, no one's going to really remember this one unless you're kind of in-depth um, or you you have a podcast about the New York Times. Unless you're so, addicted to them like us, yeah. <laughs> right, so there you go. But a few guys that we're not addicted to right now that we can kind of fly by real quick. Edge, Ben Whitley, we both have him going. Uh, Gerard Davis, linebacker, both have him going. And then it gets a little dicey here, but not really. I think these guys are kind of interchangeable for who you want to keep because of what they do on special teams, not even really what they do on the defense for the Giants, and that is linebacker Cam Brown. 
I say that he should go because I think we should keep linebacker Carter Coughlin. Alex flips that around. He thinks we should keep Cam Brown, get rid of Carter Coughlin. Uh, my um, explanation to that, I, I don't really have much. Um, just for the special team's sake, uh, Alex, I mean, do you have any true reasoning why you want to keep Cam Brown? Cam Brown was a pro bowler for the special teams team at one point. Carter Coughlin was not. If you can get him for around the same price, Cam Brown is kind of a more notorious high-end special teamer in the league. Carter Coughlin, I feel like, is more of an effort guy who really gives a lot on special teams compared to I guess a skilled guy. I don't mean, I don't really know that much, but I don't know. I just think Cam Brown is a more valuable asset from what I've done, what I've heard, uh, what I've seen from people who really care about special teams a lot, which is a rarity, but there are a few people who go in depth on that stuff. And I think everyone always mentions Cam Brown as that elite, elite guy. So we go to the quarterback, uh, cornerbacks room now, which there's a, a couple guys to talk about and then one really big player to touch on. The first person is Nick McLeod. Uh, his market value is $2 million. I think that's pretty cheap. If the Giants are able to get him at that value, they should keep him around. A good depth piece for the team who has really shown up when he needed to this season when they lacked uh, cornerbacks and successful cornerbacks at that. And I think Nick McLeod is someone who is just a good player to kind of keep around with a good, versatile skill set in the cornerback position. Can I say cornerback one more time? Uh, and so I think uh, the Giants should keep him. Started at outside corner, started at slot corner, started at safety, uh, both safety spots. So he's a really versatile player who's just good to have on your team as a depth piece. Uh, and when he has been asked to step up, he has. So I like Nick McLeod. I hope he sticks around. Uh, Darnay Holmes, again, $2 million average uh, estimate. We both have him going. He's just not been good. Uh, he had a good rookie season, but after that, yeah. he's just really After last really struggling. year, I feel like... This year was not a, I don't want to say significant drop off because he wasn't insane, but last year was a pretty consistently good season. Uh, and I feel like this year we just did not see the same production that we did the year prior and him locking down players. So, yeah, I, I don't have much, but what we do have a lot, well, not a lot, but it's Adoree Jackson, obviously the highlighted player on this Giants defense that is going to be a free agent valued at $10 million. But there's another player behind him at safety that's valued at even more. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. I think the Giants should keep Adoree Jackson around. I know that him on the outside is not really a factor anymore. I know it's on the inside. He's a little bit slower than the wide receivers that are in today's NFL. I understand that. But I still do think at the end of things that, uh, at the end of the day, I should say, Adoree Jackson is a very, very good player. The Giants are able to keep him around. I think it'll be successful and beneficial to their team. But I guess it really all comes down to whoever this new defensive coordinator is. For the next two guys, that should really be in his hands of who, if he wants to keep them and go after them and offer them a decent amount of money, or if they should let, uh, if the Giants should let them go and explore the other teams that might want them. But I would say keep Adore Jackson around. I'm just going on the price that I think he's going to have to get. I think he's going to probably get a reasonably long-term deal, maybe around $10 million APY. I just don't think we can afford to pay a corner like him that value. Um, he was poor in the beginning of the season, obviously got better as the season ended, but um, I was just disappointed by his play this year. I think he's a, a good player in coverage, but I think tackling, uh, he can be a liability. And I think also for the growth of Deontay Banks, I think moving on from Adoree Jackson is also beneficial, making sure Deontay Banks is that alpha corner for the Giants. He's lining up number one. Uh, against all those number one corner or receivers, excuse me, every single game. Uh, and that's what I want to see because I want Deontay Banks 
to develop into elite corner. And I think Adoree Jackson doesn't really hinder that, but I don't think it boosts his development as much uh, as if Adoree Jackson was not there, for example. And I think there's just better options on the free agent market from when I've glanced over who's going to be available uh, this offseason. And then um, safety, Xavier McKinney, $11 million is his estimate per year. Obviously had a monster season. I'm going to go with a very unpopular opinion, and I'm going to say go. I'm a positional value guy. Xavier McKinney does not play a valuable position. He is a good player, but Jason Pinnock uh, has certainly come on this season. He's been very good. Uh, Dane Belton has you know, been very good when he's been called upon. There's a lot of good safeties in the market always uh, that you can get for cheap. I just don't want to emphasize spending on that position. I also think he was very connected to Wink Martindale, uh, so I think that could also hinder a potential future relationship. Uh, there's a there's a number of factors there, and um, but the main one, obviously, positional value, well, and I just think you get better value elsewhere. Josh, I know you're a big Xavier McKinney fan, so I know that changes your perspective a little bit as well, but I would move on for that price point. You said big connection with Wink. That's what kind of threw me off because there was that whole controversy throughout the season where he threw Wink and his defense under the bus, which then Wink went into the press conference and said, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So honestly, it might be better now that Wink is not with the Giants anymore. That's one. I Two, think they reconnected after that, though, because there was rumblings that he was upset that Wink was leaving kind of thing. So I think they're, Xavier McKinney, number one, is a very interesting character in terms of kind of the... He, he definitely has a very interesting personality as well. So I think that is also added on to it. So um, so there's that. And then I wanted to also touch on, obviously, Xavier McKinney, like you said, with his uh, personality, but also his connection with the Giants staff, especially with Brian Dable, I think. Um, has been altered throughout the last two years with the, you know, incident that happened uh, throughout the bye week with the breaking of his hand and how that affected where, you know, it was on a golf court, whatever. Uh, but Xavier McKinney at the end of the day is a very, very good player. Uh, and I think that with this now two moves that Alex is saying go is our top two guys in the secondary. So right now we're just scrapping the secondary, according to Alex, and we're starting fresh with a brand new number one quarterback, cornerback and a brand new number one safety. I would rather not do that because I would like to win. So I'm going to keep Xavier McKinney, however much it would cost for the New York Giants. And then if we have to lose Saquon Barkley, so be it uh, because of that or, you know, uh, other players of relevance because you're talking about positions that are not, you know, hugely valued in your mind. And I think that when you're talking about the running back position, that's something that we could definitely look for uh, in the draft or in free agency. Sure, not the level of Saquon Barkley's success, but I mean, how much success has Saquon Barkley had? I think, anyway, this is not Saquon Barkley. We're talking about Xavier McKinney. I say keep Xavier McKinney. Special teams, we go. The two kickers that the Giants had assigned throughout the season, Cade York and Randy Bullock, get them out of here. We have Both Graham Gano. It's almost pointless. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, had to mention them, but that is done. And that is it. All of the guys that are upcoming free agents for the New York Giants, this keeper goal list is definitely going to be added to another, uh, you know, dock in the, the list of docs that I have, and we'll be able to kind of take a look back after the free agency period ends and see what we got right, what we got wrong, what we like, what we don't like, and what we said, hey, we called it, or what we said, really? Like, we said to get rid of this guy, and now he signed for $2 million more than the market value he was worth. So uh, it all is a matter of time that we'll have to wait and see. Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, a lot of free agents, obviously, but uh, I would say... 
a vast majority of them I would want to go. Um, but yeah, I think there's some solid pieces here that we can bring back. And again, obviously price is always the key factor. So uh, we're estimating based off of market value that maybe is not the market value in Joe Shane's mind or Brian Dable's mind or, you know, even the whole league's mind. So always have to keep that in mind as well. So I was trying to kind of go off of those more than anything um, with, you know, taking them taking them with a grain of salt, of course. Well, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We're hoping to be back later this week for some senior ball talk, hopefully a new defensive coordinator by that point, and also our picks. Uh, oh, well, no, not Super Bowl picks. That's not this weekend. Yeah, next uh, but week. some senior ball talk and also uh, some talk about I'm, I'm really hoping they get a new defensive coordinator by then, but we'll see. For now, thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the, rate that five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening. Check out our socials at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Alex is on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshSholo29. And um, with that being said, all that stuff can also be found in our description of this episode. Alex, end this one off. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Uh, hopefully, everyone enjoyed our Keep and Go segment. I did. Certainly, I know Josh did as well. And we'll see you next time looking post-Senior Bowl, pre-Super Bowl, post-defensive coordinator hire, hopefully. Uh, and we'll have more discussions on everything off-season coming up. See you next time. Peace. Peace.